Morte on Sandre, amen. Avenus on Sandre, amen. Don't make any trouble. You don't know what trouble is yet. You fools, you idiots. Now you leave them no choice. How do you feel? Pretty numb, I guess. Yeah. The honeybee is vital to the environment. Cool your jets, Jersey. Fetch for some fetch. Tear him up! I'm Paul Yelovich. <laughs> I didn't know you were doing that. Uh, I'm Evan Dorkin. Are we started? Yeah, sure. Holy shit. Okay, hold on. Let's do nine hours of this. <laughs> I, I can, you know I can. I, I brought my talking mouth. Well, first of all, we should. This is the Tear Them Apart podcast episode nine. Son of a bitch. Yep. Really. Keep on making them. I uh, hope you enjoyed the Halloween show that we kind of just kind of knocked out. We do have a Patreon. We do have a Patreon now, and we're not. It's kind of like a soft opening kind of oh, somebody yeah. found it um you should explain what the costs are because it involves terms and technology i have no idea well what does the money go to what are we taking you for yeah because um, we're rich we're rich on horror movies well no any any money we get will just go to uh hosting we, right, we, right we have to at this we got point, to the point where we need to pay for the hosting right we have right. to pay for podcast hosting you know, maybe we'll upgrade the website or stuff like that. Maybe yeah. we'll get microphones. Who knows? Individual microphones. Oh, if I got a microphone, I'd be so excited. No, I could turn I could turn it down. I don't that I don't like that. So yeah, let's give a shout out to Eric Webb. He found our Patreon before we announced it. Thank you, Eric. That's mysterious and creepy. How do you know our thing is open? So that was Yeah. I mean, I guess it's really easy, maybe if you really just look. I th- they probably <laughs> Probably searched on your name. So if you'd like to support the podcast, yeah, there'll be there'll be a link on the uh, and really on the website. Just a buck or whatever. Oh, don't worry pay. about it, please. I feel bad already. In fact, we're going to give you money to join our Patreon. <laughs> no, don't feel bad about it. Unfortunately, it's the thing that you know. I mean, I don't like. I do feel bad about it too. Sorry, shit. But it's the kind of thing where I've listened to enough podcasts, and you know how the drill is. I mean, you can't if you have more than a few listeners, you have to eventually start paying money and. Uh, yeah, we're not rolling in it. Um, we are rolling in bad movies, though. Today is just going to be a nut. It's, what did you call it? It's Son of What We Watched. I love Son of What We Watched. I think that's the best of the What We Watched sequels. It's uh, much better than What We Watched versus The Space Monster. So how are we going to do this? I don't fucking know. I made a we list. We are prepared. I have a list, too. Oh, Look fuck at this. you. Fuck you. I have it fuck on you. Index. Yeah, I'm old school. I have it on an index card. And I can't read half of it. I have a Google note that links to the IMDb page. Damn, I'm beaten to death by technology. Episode 9, Son of What We Watched. But yeah, how, do you have an idea of how you'd like to do this? Because it, it's, it's very uncoordinated, which is why the show is charming. Why don't we start with a film we both just saw? Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Zzz, is it that one? From 1980... What is it? No, it isn't. Oh, is it? Okay. I gotta do it again. From 1978. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Yeah. The bees. <laughs> There's been a mutation, a new strain, and though it's out of control. This is an ultimatum. Either we share this world with them, or we vanish as a species. Would you mind? You're not listening to me. Now you leave them no choice. <laughs> I was having the worst night of my life one of the worst nights of my life this last week and a half has been nothing but horrible news I put on the bees because I just couldn't sleep 
and I laughed my ass off the entire. I had never heard of this thing. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's an amazing piece of shit. It's just I saw the swarm. I just recently watched the swarm. The swarm doesn't. If it, I remember, it's boring as hell. I saw it when it came out. It's it's terrible. It's one of the first films I saw with friends, and we all went. That wasn't worth seeing. When you fought, when you watch the swarm now, it's a long version. It's who the. F- it's, That's burnt fries and plenty of them. It's like two hours and twenty minutes long. No, it's you've got to be kidding me. Awful. It's it's a bed and drama strain. Yeah, it's a it's a I, scientific I can, yeah. procedural. It's the same year as the bees, by the way. The bees was paid off. The Corman brought the bees over from Mexico by this <clears throat> non talent. I wrote his name down. I'm sorry, but he's a no talent. Uh, where is this guy? Alfredo Zacarias was given a jar of honey from his son, and that gave him the idea for the bees, right? That's it's, pretty great. And if you watch the bees, you'll say, how does anybody get there? There must have been something in that honey. It must have swirled in a little LSD or I, something like that. The bees probably made some money because whoever made the swarm, I don't remember who it was, Universe, well, whoever, they paid them off to bump the movie's release. Oh, really? Because they were trying to get it in under the, because they thought the swarm was going to be a big deal because <laughs> Killer Bees was all over the news. Well, that's one thing you should say that, Younger listeners might not realize that in the 70s, we were afraid that African killer bees were coming up from South America to kill us. Yeah, they were going to kill us with D&D and heavy metal. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. And I remember being a kid going, this is insane. I mean, and there was all these ecological-based horror films coming out at times. I mean, it fails on every fucking level. But it is... I laughed during the credits... (laughs) Because they were they were just so cheap and inept. I mean, did you laugh a lot at this thing? Oh, well, I, 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 I was yes, dying. it was it was so play. I saw everything. The, everything I watched is bad. the swarm because I enjoyed the bees so much. I endured. Oh the swarm. really? Oh man! Because this is like yeah, this is like if the if the swarm was made by goofballs instead of you know uh, disaster movie experts who didn't get that bees are not scary and that watching james stewart whoever you know flip-flop in a model set of a train is just funny i don't even know how to describe the bees other than it's just an absolute 50 car pileup of everything wrong with the movie the effects are horrible the acting is you would never think that john saxon was ever in a movie before this so yeah it stars john saxon and john carradine john carradine and it's a really interesting john carradine because for some reason somebody put something in his he was so happy. It is ju- he's happy. He's kind of bouncing around, but he still looks like a melted piece because of plastic. He, yeah, he's, a, he's a mess with his, his hair. Is, his hair is falling in his face, his and hands. he's doing a German accent. But you think they want money, profits, honey producers, cosmetic manufacturers, and we need their money for our researches. Okay, if you say so. And he's a happy, crazy character, and he's actually bouncy, yeah. which is not what you remember from... Any other movie where he's usually sitting behind a he desk. He wasn't a bouncy Dracula in those universals. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's terrible, but he's funny terrible. Yes. The, the lead female uh, protagonist is terrible. I mean, she's very cute and personable. Terrible. Yeah. This guy, Claudio Brooke, is that the guy that they hit with the uh, rock in the beginning? <laughs> That's the. That guy is one of the most hard-to-look-at people I've ever seen in my life. Somebody said that the main reason they love this movie is because he gets hit with a rock. Which I, I agree with. This is a good reason to watch a movie. To, they, oh, the movie opens up telling you some horse shit about bees, if I remember. And then a man and a kid try to steal honey. Right, but they steal from honey. From a scientific lab. From the wrong place. They from st- the wrong place. Yeah, so it, you, then you get to see a kid drown from bee stings. Well, he's, a, he's attacked by bees. 
It's a great scene too when they take that door off. I mean, it's just every. I mean, they can't. Even, this is the kind of movie that tries to make a Mission Impossible scene out of breaking a screen door off of a supposed high tech B. <laughs> that guy just starts sticking a screwdriver. All it's fucking magic. What ends up happening is after they steal the bees, the the young boy dies. The villagers come and. And I'm laughing, which is always a bad sign. No, if you're was... laughing at a kid dying in a movie, yeah. you know they they're not putting this together very well. So what happens is the the villagers come to attack the scientist and his wife. Who we learned very early on uh, wants sex with her husband. Yeah, well, this I is important. Yeah, I kind of is. Yeah, if you say so. It's important. It doesn't go anywhere because her it's husband. It's important. Yeah. Her husband gets a rock to the head. Yeah, so what And they a, burn the whole place down, even though it's there. Not and it's like the, a scene from Naked it, Gun. It, it's, it's, that's people, the whole thing. The whole movie is like a scene from Naked Gun. People it really are fired. Is. There's fires in different places, people throwing rocks, people looking <laughs> like they actually want to steal things from the set because they're so confused. I mean, it's like fucking Black Friday all of a sudden. Unbelievable. And the guy's carrying his kid like uh, the guy who's, uh, you know, I, I'm like, should I feel bad for him? Like the guy whose uh, daughter was thrown in the water in Frankenstein? No, he's a fuck. Him and his kid tried to steal shit. And I can't believe that Dr. Rock in the face won't just say, you broke into our property and you stole shit. Right. Fuck you. This never happens. Right. This scene, it, so this is the beginning of our movie. It's cheap, hilarious, shoddy and stupid and badly acted. Wonderful. The sets look like they're going to fall apart. I am already into this. So now our plot moves to... The United Nations, actually. Well, a picture. Of, I think it's. A, I think it's a postcard. I think it's a Nations. postcard of the United Nations and a United Nations <laughs> with like banquet chairs. It's, look, it, it's like <laughs> cheaper than the Batman '66 movie when oh, they showed the United Nations. Every one of them had a mother. And every one of them. And what's amazing is, for some reason, but it really felt like this that every person, rep, you know, they you always get a cliched stereotype person behind the microphone. Right. You know, United Emirates. Right. British guy's got a monocle. Right. No one matched up. To my eyes, there was no central casting here. The guy from India looked like he was Spanish. It, it was bizarre. Yeah. And they looked like they were in a really bad catered restaurant that like, right. was built in the 60s, went out of business in 82, 83. Yeah. That your mother has nice stories about. Yeah. But I love that steakhouse. It. Oh, they have good oyster crackers. You put some <laughs> under your napkin, you can take them home. Lenny's clam bar. Ooh. Now look here, you guys. I call this meeting with calamari, scongeli, mussels, and miss shrimp because I know that all of you are worried since Lenny's Clam Bar and Restaurant is doing such a big job with delicious pasta dishes and tempting Italian specialties. Mr. Scongeli, Mr. Calamari. So the thing is, it just goes from strength to strength, which means it goes from worse to worse. John Carradine is in that scene, and they're all talking about how bees, there's a problem with the bees. And it's great because the opening scene really doesn't have a lot to do with the rest of the movie structurally. Things happen to get the bees to America like five times. Well, the problem is that's the weird thing. We're not worried about bees traveling to America. No. We're worried about assholes bringing bees into America right. for reasons that right. make no fucking sense. From South sense. America, which is Mexico, obviously. And it's like Rankin-Bass villains like the Burgermeister Meister Burger. <laughs> these rich people, these people who want to make money off of bees because there's huge money off royal jelly. Like, it's insane. I mean, they're trying to get the killer bees brought in. They're putting them in people's stomachs. Remember, this guy had them wrapped around well, him. There's a, there's a guy who... There's one scene where a guy mules killer bees in, I guess, a money belt. In a money belt, yeah. It's and a bee belt. They kill the fuck out of him. It's great. But they, then... They open him up and there's just... Bees! And it's like... It's and nobody cares. Everybody's no. looking at this guy with these bees. The other thing is that there's no 
reaction to most of what happens. Like everything that happens here is it's like an underdog cartoon. It's just like like A happens, B happens, C happens, but this is A to Z happens. So the wife who survives the carefully controlled fires and the rock, the fake rock hit and, and the other thing. And it's great because the bees get out and kill everybody. Oh, yeah. So the bees get out multiple times in this movie. Uh, basically, anytime you see bees, they get out. It's, it's a sloppy-ass production. <laughs> and you got to wonder what it was like to make this movie. If they couldn't control the fuckers in the movie, in real life, the bees were probably all over the place. So she comes to America, and for no fucking reason whatsoever, we have an attempted rape scene. Right. 1978 style. They try to steal her luggage in a fake elevator in a fake set of a building, it looks like. Right. And, and, and she's also muling killer she's bees. She's also killer. bringing fucking but for killer good. bees. Yes. Yeah. But she's bringing them in in her like uh, uh, travel bag. They get killed by bees after stealing the thing. But she has another bag, I think, with bees. I mean, it's fucking insane. <laughs> it doesn't make any goddamn sense. So she meets up with John Saxon, who is doing training. He's doing uh, martial arts training and stretching be- and wearing... Uh, Just the tracksuit. The striped tracksuit because he was in uh, Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon. So that weirdness, that kind of meta thing kicks you in the face and it's funny as hell. Plus the banter between the two of them is terrible. Well, and he kicks his girlfriend out or whoever he was supposed to be. Here's the weird thing. And it's why I brought off before that the wife was horny. Yeah, she's very... Because... Horny. She really is. Her husband dies. Yeah. Yeah. Five minutes later, she's in New York. John Saxon and her instantly become romantic with each other. But they don't do anything. But the th- in the beginning. Don't be smirch her. Oh, yeah. They start getting together later. But I don't know if they're, they're not doing much for a while. They have bees John to deal Carradine with. John Carradine even points he it does, out to the audience. He actually is talking about them stupid and gets crazy. And he, they, they argue with him. It's, it's adorable. Glad you're here. But don't you think you should have waited a little longer? A decent period of mourning before you... Now look here, old man. It wasn't like that. Not at all. Of course not. Uncle Ziggy, don't be silly. Hmm. Sigmund, how about some breakfast? You're probably hungry after chasing all those bees around the mountain. Yes, thank you. Smells like fresh coffee. She immediately becomes like his niece, you know, his little... You know, and they're this adorable little group of bee things. And... People, bee people, attacking the bee people. I'm going crazy with bees. <laughs> and the rest of the movie is basically you've got these rich people, these, these honey producing, bee importing evil men who want bees in America. And then you've got a government guy who, this is not much of a spoiler because you can figure it out the minute you see him because he's the government guy who's bad. And you've got our three good people who are part of a project part of a project to stop the bees and, and talk to the bees eventually john well, carradine starts talking to the bees it's wonderful the and pro- then to they mutate the they everybody does everything wrong they fuck everything up they're doing some they're doing some experimentation with the bees but then they to neutralize them that's right they were going to neutralize the african bees they end up accidentally doing some hocus pocus crazy shit next to some um Giant... A, a, a radio... Yeah, and they dish. make the bees intelligent, more intelligent. Well, yeah, that's, that, that is an important thing. They are not just bees. They're smart. They're smart. They become a smart hive of right. phase four kind of right. like bees who don't really do much with that intelligence. Well, they, they hypnotize a little girl oh, who looks like Asia Argento. That's right, yeah. yeah. For reasons that make no sense. I have sense. no idea what that, what that was for, yeah. But then they start indiscriminately attacking people and stock footage. And that's 
that's where the movie is beautiful. The yeah. most beautiful. I mean, let me uh, seriously. This is not, this talk is not as funny as the, the movie is great. It's hard to describe inept funny, but everything is off. I kept thinking this was like a, a mix of the Batman '66 show, whenever it dealt with the government, and SCTV trying doing the days of the week, <laughs> where you're not sure where the jokes are. Everything is creaky. Everything is bad. The effects are hilarious. Everyone ends up covered with bees. It has the like the gravitas is that a, of Doctor Shrinker or you know Electra <laughs> Woman and Dino Girl. People just start flailing around and throwing themselves off shit. There's a great dummy goes out a window. Oh, I was beautiful. I was rooting for that window, yeah. and that dummy's amazing. Oh yeah, the guy in the park. Can you can you talk a little well, about the guy well, in the, the park? Here, here, here's this the is in the middle of the movie when we're watching people we, on the beach, mostly right. on the beach, getting killed for yeah, some reason. Yeah, well, that's where they shot this, all this that. There's a scene that doesn't quite make sense when you're watching it, when you think about it, <laughs> and when you review it. We meet a cowboy in a park, <laughs> right? Who goes to children. And he's creepy. He's really well, he's creepy. creepy because he says, I'll give you a dollar for every bee you catch for me. You think you can catch me some bees and put them in that? Well, you see, I got a little problem with my legs called rheumatism. It hurts. It hurts all the time. Yeah, sure. Uh, you might not believe it. The bee sting makes it feel better. So what I want you to do is to take this paper bag and catch me four or five bees. Bring them to me. Now, he wants to do this because he has... To, three, to, to two little kids. To yeah. two little two boys. Little kids. Because, you see, he's got the rheumatisms. <laughs> and he says to them, the bee stings help yeah. the feelings in his leg. Yeah. Now, first of all... I'm not a doctor. That's fucking stupid. Well, he, uh, he, earlier he was given 50 cents for leeches, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's insane. You know, yeah, trying was, to get two kids into yeah. his... J- jitterbug. Uh, yeah, his van, van with a wizard. Yeah, with a cowboy hat on the top. And- <laughs> That's bad enough because you go, oh no, there's killer bees about. They're going to get some killer bees, aren't they? Oh, it's even worse. Because there's another kid the with best, them. It's the best scene. Right? Ever. It's probably the fun. I was. It's my favorite because Tana Boyle shows up from the fucking. <laughs> this, this third kid shows up out of nowhere. Like the scene's not good enough, right? I got the rheumatisms. Give me bees. Right. Two kids start cursing. They, I don't shit. This is shit. They curse more than anybody in the movie. Two kids cursing. What do you mean catching bees? No shit. The old guy's paying us to catch him some bees. Yeah. How much is he paying? None of your goddamn business. Which is great. Which was just and they're funny as hell. They're like, why is? And then all of a sudden, you get Tanner Boyle walks in from the Bad News Bears to make things worse. So you find out that there's a big hive of killer bees and in the park. I think they're the. They're bears. There's a giant hive of them hanging upside down right. somewhere. So as the two boys go putting bees in a paper bag. How do you catch bees? Have you ever caught bees in your slowly, life? Slowly. I gotcha. Our bad kid. No, he's our good kid. Throws a you have fuck- to call him Tanner Boyle. Tanner Boyle throws a fucking baseball at the kid's defense. I can get some fucking bees. And he's like, he practically says that. He goes, yeah, let me fuck that. He just kicks the whole movie apart. Now we cut to the to the creep on the, um, the bench. Yeah, cow- the cowboy creepus, yeah. Our boys come back. He says, oh, we got bees. Yeah. And he pays them. Yeah. And he goes, then he goes, geez, I hope this works. Wait a second. Yeah. I thought this I was something he, you did. I thought he read about this. I thought, yeah, I had this, I thought he had this down. It just—it's just great. It's like somebody keeps coming over to you and giving you more ice cream at this movie. Oh, more yeah. ice cream, more more syrup, more ice cream. Thank you. This the, everything gets better. And the result of him putting the bees on his leg—I wonder what happens. It's very bad. I think uh, those bees that have been 
rousted yeah. are now killing everybody in the it's fucking great. park. It's just fucking great. I love I just and then they start showing more people on the beach getting killed. <laughs> and the thing is, every scene is hilarious because it's just like somebody opens up, oh, one woman gets all the bees in her in her uh camper. It's like they go, okay, what can we do? And like somebody opens this up and bees come out. There's bees under his shirt. There's bees in the camper. And it's just great because you get to see these non-actors screaming and yelling with real bees around them. And then you get to see really bad animation of bee swarms around cities. Yeah, yeah. And Sometimes they're reddish. Sometimes they're whitish, these swarms. And the, mo the movie really is like a fucking cartoon because it the goals change every five to ten minutes. A character is killed, so they have to try something else. They, they try to bring the bees in five different ways. Then they kill almost all those characters off in different ways. Uh, then you have the, the business, uh, the, the corporation plot kicks in. Then the government plot kicks in. Then you have assassins show up to kill people. And all the while you have the Andromeda Strain stuff going on with them. The romance, uh, funny German uh, guy and the, the continual failures of their experiments. Yeah. So they already, when they do things wrong, they try something new. Failure after failure, detente after detente, within about an hour and 40 minutes. And my, the scene where I thought I was going to die, where I was choking laughing, was when the stock footage got pulled out. And they started killing all the stock footage with bees. <laughs> There's a part where a guy, they, they put something in this guy's truck. It's very important stuff. This is like, it actually says practically on it, very important stuff could stop the bees. They, they treat it like six bottles of moonshine. They don't put it in a fucking bag. They don't. They put these things in a government van, which looks like the kind of thing that you used to get bread in, and he just drives off. I don't even understand why he has driving problems, because there's no real bees in his... But he basically loses control. Yeah. And he goes off the road. Actually, they didn't have the money for him to go off the road. He goes... You know how everybody goes off the road one way, and they mm. go... And there's a great... Ex he went off the road the other way and hit the mountain. That's weird. <laughs> But after that, you start to get the greatest hits of U.S. Air Force stock footage of flying tests. And I was crying because it, it was like a python. That's when it turns into python. It yeah. was just the goodies. It was just bees being overlaid, different planes crashing yeah. from the 60s, yeah. 70s. Yeah. And when they get to the one of that, that, sh that famous shot of the airplane that comes towards you in slow motion that everybody used I was crying. I couldn't take it. I just it was just like children made this film. It it's it's an amazing thing. You know how Jaws had the you know, yeah. vroom, vroom, and you'd be like, "Ooh, it's an indicator that something's yeah. happening." They clearly yeah. decided to have their own. It was kind of like, <laughs> or something like that. I don't remember what. I actually don't remember it, so I'm not going to do my Attack of the Beast creatures type of you know. <laughs> they would spring that out, and I'd just start laughing because it's pointless. The camera would be tracking around some trees. And you think, uh-oh, bees are coming. And it's just some people doing something. And the bees don't show up for five, six minutes. That's, a, that's not how you do it. The music is terrible. It ends on a phase four kind of note, funny enough. And right. then it just seems they run out of film. Yeah, bees it's basically, if you don't live with the bees, we're fucked. And it's great to watch two people saying, you got to listen to us. We have to live with the bees. Back in the I mean, fake UN. It, it's really worth seeing. Go see, go the, see bees. the bees. It's really, I didn't expect really to talk good. about the bees, but the bees actually almost takes up. It could be its own episode. It is unbelievable. Yeah, just don't fuck the swarm. It sucks. Yeah, the swarm is no good. I saw, on your recommendation, even though I wanted to see it, oh. The Boneyard. Something's happening at the county morgue.
was the tags. We are Miss Poopin' Plus. Something bad. I did. I had that on my list. I got to start crossing these things off my list. <laughs> what did you think of that? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I enjoyed it. It's, it's weird it's, it's, as it's, hell. It's a film that with a little more money and a little more Return of the Living Dead juice. Mm. would have been terrific. It makes such interesting choices for the lead actors it, that I love. That's that. what I liked about it. It was kind of like the casting director from Night of the Creeps said, I can actually get, you know, more plain looking people into, the, <laughs> into, your, into your movie. I had forgotten that I had it written down somewhere and I forgot, why do I want to see this? What was this all about? I got it confused with Burial Ground. Okay, sure, which that is, makes sense. Uh, the child who eats his mother's uh, chest. I didn't know what to make of that first 25 minutes, to be honest. Yeah, it's very weird. Boneyard revolves around a incident where a cop goes to a psychic detective. Yeah, it goes to this woman, this this middle-aged, overweight woman's house. Uh, we're only talking about her weight because it's a plot it's point. It's so weird. But you don't think she's your lead. And she is. And, and she's, she is. And she's and terrific. I really liked her. She's terrific. She was, her acting was awkward in places, but I was really rooting for that character. Yeah. And I didn't like the cop, and then I ended up liking him. Yeah. And then I kind of ended up liking everybody. It's a Even weird... his sidekick cop, his, oh, his yeah. partner who I hated, I yeah. liked him. And this movie has a lot of problems, but... I was pleasantly surprised yeah. by it. It almost feels like Peter Jackson, early Peter Jackson, in the use of puppets, and that some, yeah. there's body humor. And, because the and, puppets they use are outrageous looking. It's not frightening. No. Here's the thing: there are these little. Those were frightening. Things I know what that, you're talking about the two children. The two. They look like. Am I, am I remembering right? Maybe like the unnameable or something. They're very. They're kind of odd. They're reminding me of like a, a goopy. It's a live baby mixed with the Moscomakas. The Manitou, starring Tony Curtis. John! Guy that oh, came sure. out of the Manitou back. They, they, Machine they, Manitou. Machine Manitou. So we should, yeah, so the plot is actually the lead, is not very important, obviously. It's really just character and goofiness. Right. And, and, a, and a little bit of outrageousness. It's basically, we find out that... Is, is it missing people or well, something like there that? Was, I there forgot. Was, there was a person who died... Who responsibility was kind of to keep these things from rising? He watched them. The Asian doctor that we right, that's right. The Chinese doctor. I think he's Chinese, and there was something. There was a secret that he was entrusted with, and he dies. So something's coming. The, the, he had a funeral home, I believe. Right. And now that this family funeral home has closed, all these bodies have been brought to a, a city morgue. To the city morgue, where most of the movie takes place. Right. After. But the whole opening is setting up the characters of this this middle aged woman, who seems really unhappy. Oh, yeah. And she lives in this miserable home. And I was actually thinking, is half this movie going to take place in this set? They're spending so much time here. Is this going to be like, you know, the whole house is the movie? Like, Yeah, we learned that and she's... And the cop is being a real dick. She's a psychic that's worked with the police that's seen too much and she's been she, too affected She by doesn't it. like her power. I mean, this makes it sound much more serious than it is because there's a, but this there's part a part is. here. This part is This serious. part is, and it made, and I'm, I'm sitting here going, I'm not enjoying this. This is If this is going to be the entire movie with this, you know, kind of like badly written, heavy... You know, she, some things happen to some people, and she has not wanted to work with the police. Kind of miserable at the beginning. It's 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 yeah. miserable. It's a little. It's slow. Right. Doesn't bode well. Ultimately, what happens is everything leads to the um, uh, confined space. You know, like Night of the Living Dead or or whatever. They're in siege, locked into a uh, the police morgue by these two children, I believe. Monsters. They've been yeah. taken over, and they are freaky. They are actually. They're the only thing in the movie that actually goes for a real scare, and they are shot 
largely at a distance or very quickly? The thing is, um, they're investigating because they find these mummified corpses. Right. And they want to know why this guy has these mummified corpses, that right. he's died. Right. We're going to find out that he's been the gatekeeper. And right. And, gonna... and Norman, uh, here's the other thing. Norman, the, na the only names you'll recognize in this, Norman Fell with a ponytail from uh, Three's Company and uh, Pork Chop Hill, I believe, uh, is, your, <laughs> is your coroner. And he's interesting because he's not very Norman Fell-like. I kept waiting for him to look at the camera, you know? No, yeah. He's, he's actually a kind of funny character. Yeah. And you've got Phyllis Diller not wearing her wig for the only appearance apparently in a movie or TV series. She doesn't wear her wig and plays a character. It's very Phyllis Diller-like, but she is the um, manager at the morgue yeah. overnight. Yeah, So and she's very strict. It she's has to be strict her way. and obnoxious, yeah. and she's actually a fun character. Terrific. I, I was actually surprised how much I got mm. into... I mean, you go, go into this thinking more Return of the Living Dead than Night of the Living Dead, and you know what I mean? You'll be in the right frame of mind. A group of odd characters that end up in this really weird situation, yeah. and they take it to some strange places. Right. In that they're not... Too, it, it's kind of Killer Clowns-like, right? Well, you definitely... They're willing to have... It's silly? It's silly. It's got... Well, we mentioned the puppets before. Yeah. I mean, you know, depending on what cover you see of this, you're going to see a poodle. Yeah. There's a poodle that plays a, a I don't. Want, I, I don't want to mention the other one, actually, because right. that, to me, is the thing that sold well, me on the movie. Well, that's... When you told me about it, that's why I decided to watch it. That's the thing that yeah. sold me on the movie, yeah. because when I saw that, I went, this is nuts. Yeah. It is... It's very Chiodo Brothers. It's very... Yeah. I can understand people not digging it, but... If you like Killer Clowns from Outer Space, this is a very, yeah. this is like, you know, 60% of that because it's got no budget. Uh, but the, the funny thing is that, yeah, the two little monsters that get out of the mummies were surprisingly creepy. And the other stuff is surprisingly goofy. But people still get wiped out in this movie and there's actually some tension. Yeah. I re and I ended up liking the characters and rooting for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even though this thing is really, it's a really flawed, creaky movie that is held together by a weird charm. It's basically a bunch of characters you like getting into scenes that don't necessarily connect with each other, but have that vague, well, how do we get out of here? Well, there's an elevator shaft yeah. and there's this yeah, and there's that. Yeah, you can see where they were going. And if somebody threw some money into this and there was a, the screenplay was tighter and the direction had more oomph this could have been a real sleeper I, I feel like especially if the beginning wasn't so tonally different it needed to be I could shorter. see more people saying I love this film let's watch this I film. think they it's really fun. I think they if I was to rewrite this script and I had to work with exactly what kind of went on there I would have started with the funeral home with the incident itself to just get some creepiness into it and, and seen something yeah, you know the, the way they infer the what's going on instead of just showing a guy show up at somebody's house to tell them what happened well there, there's an interesting thing and the scene when our our little creatures basically attack some of the non-important city morgue workers yeah, yeah. so we could have a body count they don't show that our our character walks in and sees broken glass and and blood yeah. and stuff yeah yeah but i thought I, that was really good it was interesting it's very creepy what you don't know what's it, it, happening yeah yeah i like that i i i remember liking that scene it's it's and it's not the kind of thing that you can remake this and go well you know if they had some more money because no. you can't just go well we're gonna have the the phyllis diller thing works because it's phyllis diller and it's audacious and it's weird right and the 
you can't replicate the things that work in this movie. It's cheap movie. Uh, what would you call it? Charm. And it just it is what it is. It's worth it's worth checking out. It's it's not yeah. a classic. It's not brilliant. No, it's fun. But grab yourself a beer. Watch this. Definitely throw it in with Night of the. You know, if you're going to watch a bunch of things, you can put on Killer Clowns. You can put on uh, Night of the Creeps. By the end of this movie, I was I was entertained. Yeah, it's a it's a good movie. See the Boneyard, 1991. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. <laughs> So I'm watching, I'm watching this YouTube channel. Uh, this guy's reviewing movies. He says, it's one of the worst movies he's ever seen. He doesn't understand why people don't talk about yeah. Night Killer, 1990. Oh, shit. Virginia Beach Police Department. Officer Gabrielle here. I just got a phone call from a guy spying on me. Was it an obscene phone call? Yes. Did he threaten you? Yes. <laughs> yeah, well... So by the time that you told me you got to see Night Killer, it's precious. I saw it. I was mad. Uh, Night Killer. I had never heard of it. I had It's not like I looked up the Troll 2 guy and said, I got to get all this stuff onto my... Uh, you window. have... Yeah, because not only do you have the director of Troll 2, but you have another director that came in to jazz it up. Oh, you mean the opening stuff, the gore yeah. stuff, which was really, really bad? Yeah. What Ugh, this movie is so fucked up. What Troll Two guy wanted to do was make basically a psychological thriller. Yeah, the guy who made Troll Two wants to make a psychological thriller. Yeah, this thing is. I have real problems with this movie. Like as a you know, right? It's a terrible movie. There's a lot to laugh at, but this is a movie I could not recommend to most people because I'm. I would have to say this is a triggering film. This is a film that uses rape and abuse as plot points in an incredibly specious way. I mean, a large part of this movie is about somebody being abused for therapy. Right. Spoilers. I don't, you know, fuck that. Yeah. I mean, but this is not like arguable. Like if you don't like the way Alan Moore handles V Vendetta, there's an argument that could be made there. This movie literally uses it like, like bat repellent. It's just a thing. I mean, this is a psychological thriller made by an incredibly obtuse person. And it gets to the point where I actually found it offensive. Um, because this is a movie where if I knew somebody would have been a victim of something or has issues with that, I'd have to say, we can't watch this movie right. uh, for shits and giggles Be tonight at the, at the, for, for pizza and beer because this is a highly insulting movie. And the thing is, it's not like you understand where you're at with this no. movie from the beginning. It's all over the place. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it is funny. The victim was found at dawn this morning by the security guard of the museum. Oh. As, as an inept piece of garbage yes. filmmaking. Yes. It's, it's absolutely awful. The acting is terrible. The dialogue is hard. I mean, it's, it's Troll 2 psychological thriller. It's like, you know, yeah. think of it. I mean, it's yeah. just, there is a horror movie angle to it, which is just awful. Um, this guy has this fake uh, Freddy Krueger outfit. He's got a mask and he's got claws. The claws are clearly rubber, but somehow he's able to cut right. through people's chests. Right. I mean, I found the film really, really funny. And then at a certain point, the film goes into this direction where um, it is just absolutely not right. Um, I don't, it wasn't right for when it was made. Right. You know, it's like a bad soap opera, you know, fall in love with the rapist kind of plot. Mm. It's just, it's just awful. Um, so I, I, I would definitely, this, when I really, when I knew, I figured we, we might talk about this movie. I mean, 
It is a ridiculous, funny movie. It is a piece of shit. Here's the problem. Absolutely what you terrible. have is an absolutely terrifically funny, inept film with a premise that's kind of disgusting. Icky yeah, it's disgusting. I'm weird. sorry. And if, yeah. and I, I'm not. A, I have no problem saying I, that this is something that needs a trigger warning, or really, you really need to do a timeout for some people because. This is, yeah, the, the, the big idea in this film is is to uh, psychologically and sexually, it seems, abuse this woman. It, it's, it's awful. It's awful. It's awful. And the ending is, the ending with the little kid is amazingly from out of nowhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. It, it goes in places that don't make sense. It's, you know, uh, that's probably... All you need to see. Yeah, it's, the guy from Troll 2 is really one of the stupider filmmakers that has ever... Made a film. If you he feel just, I can't believe how proud he is of this shit. He is the opposite of imposter syndrome. If you want to watch Night Killers, read up on it. Yeah, make sure it's something you want to watch. You know, I mean, it's not like shocking horror. It, um, it's just the whole idea of it is just kind of gross. Yeah, and uh, wrong-headed, and that it's presented as just simple entertainment, like this is an EC story, or like you know, uh, an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, or something, where it's just like, oh. Here's the twist, but it's... That's Night Killers. Fuck Night Killers. Have you ever seen something called Dark Heritage? Hundreds of years of mystery is about to unfold. Hotshot journalist Clint Harrison is about to discover more than he can handle. Dark Heritage will leave you wondering if cinema could get any better. No, I have it's not. A really, really generic title. 1985, very low budget, kind of local. Us, we made this movie in, a, in, in you know, North Carolina or wherever. It turns out it's, it's the lurking fear made on a budget. Oh, really? And it's not good. But it, if you're a completist on seeing Lovecraft and Mythos adaptations, it's really funny to sit through it and go, I'm watching the lurking fear, aren't I? Uh, except, you know, three teens go to a house. They don't get in bed together with their guns or anything like that. Okay. But it's the plot, except with some very bad conspiracy stuff thrown at the end. It's 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 a footnote. Yeah. I wouldn't... Uh, there was like one or two scenes that I thought was interesting. And they do follow the script. So it, it, they do follow the story fairly closely in part. So it's funny to see how they how they kind of... Did, Modernize or... Yeah. It, it's, you know, they keep going back to this house over and over. It, it's... There's one or two scenes that were pretty effective if, for low budget that was surprisingly not terribly handled, but it's not, uh, it's not Reanimator, it's not the unnamed, it's not even the lurking fear of the yeah. movie that was not very good. Here's one that's going to be weird. Sure. You know, I have, uh, I have Shudder, I see there's a movie called... Right, one. you did get Shudder, yeah. right? I think somebody was asking you about that and you got it, yeah. Yeah, I have, um, they, they show one cut of the dead and I'm seeing some people I follow on social media talking yeah. about... You have to see One Cut of the Dead. Don't tell anybody what it's about. What is... It's called One Cut of the Dead? I have One Cut of the Dead. It's f from 2017. Yeah. It is... I'll catch uh, up with that in 30 years then. <laughs> Update. It did not take Evan 30 years to watch One Cut of the Dead. It is Japanese. Oh, really? Okay. And I cannot talk about it. Yeah. Because if I say anything, I will spoil is the this enjoyment... True? Yes. Wow. Okay. Of watching it. Okay. It is. You liked it. I'm fascinated by it. In, okay. Do I like it? Yes. Yeah. But I can't, I don't actually want to talk about what I like or I don't like 
or what I so you're basically putting a general recommendation out. For see it. If I'd like a, to see it. If you're Shit. a film student, see it. Yeah. If you if you like deconstruction of horror, see it. If you want to see something just a little different, see One Cut of the Dead. I'm writing it down. Spoilers. Evan liked One Cut of the Dead. Uh, the only Japanese movie I've actually seen in the last few months is I think I may have seen this already. Did we watch Junk? Chunk sounds familiar. Which one it's is just 2000 low budget, uh, you know, purposely jackass zombie stuff. You know, thieves, knives, yakuza, guns. It's like a versus made for five dollars by less talented people. There was an accident in a factory, zombies happened. I don't know if you've ever heard that one before. Hello. And there's like an intelligent female zombie who is the girlfriend of American character who uh, speaks terrible English and Japanese it looks like it's mediocre yeah. you know but I mean I wasn't unhappy I saw it uh, a couple it of the characters I like the I know I feel like we but the thing is there's so many of those 90s aughts Japanese takes mm. place in a factory you almost feel like they're going to bump into each other you know the wild zero crew is going to run into the junk crew it was just it was it was on the whole just typical zombie stuff it's lighthearted violent bloody you know I just saw Iced from 1988. Who is in that and what is it? Was it really bad? Oh, it's awful. You sound like you have your, uh, oh. you have your, uh, um, you know, it's terrible breathing pattern going. Yeah, it's, Who's in it? And... There are people in it. We have a bunch of assholes, all fucking unlikable assholes. Right. Oh, I love that. It's not like going out in the world. <laughs> it's not like going to work or on the subway or anything like that. That's what I want to do when I come home. I want to watch more assholes. They go on a ski trip. Oh. One of the guys they're with thinks he's with a girl, but she's interested in one other guy. They're not really together. And he's a little emotional. He's got issues. Jeff! You Please. fuckers! <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? You came up here with me. I came here by myself. Why didn't you leave us alone? So after a dare to ski at night. Oh, this is the okay. I do. I yeah. This is the the, the ski slasher. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. There is someone you know, the actress who played Wednesday Adams, Laurie, uh, Lisa Loring. Lisa Loring. The weird thing is, she is clearly the best actress. Well, in this really, movie, yeah. But not the lead. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. It makes no sense. Okay, well, but, but it's a bad. It it doesn't sound like something I care to rush to. Don't watch this. Oh, okay. Another film we saw actually links to another film we saw. Huh? Deborah Rose is the actress who plays the psychic detective in The Boneyard. Really? She She's has, in another movie? She has a part okay. in American Drive-In. I did not see American Drive-In. American Drive-In actually suffers from the same tonal ridiculousness that Night Killer does. Really? It is half farce. We're at a drive-in at night and yeah. it's silly. And the other yeah. one is about a, a gang just constantly trying to rape this woman jesus christ so okay. skip american drive-in but i didn't yeah there's a movie playing in american drive-in i did read about this uh the origin of this wonderful while they're filming this what they thought would be a 20 minute segment to cut to, in to cut yeah. into american drive-in they said fuck it let's put more money in it and make a full movie and we'll have two movies hard rock zombies hard rock zombies I wanna hold your hand. Oh, come on! 
Zombies. Holy fuck. I, now, I've seen this before, but I just recently really? watched it. Yeah. I don't think I could sit through it twice. I actually enjoyed it because it's it's like it's like watching a, a a float breakdown at a parade. It's just like, yay, look at that. This is terrible. Look at that shit fall apart. I mean, it is so dumb. There is actually okay, so Hard Rock Zombies is a comedy. It is. Oh yeah. Oh, just uh, okay. You're looking at me, and I'm like, wait, did I? Did I? Am I? Am I absolutely brain dead? You know, they're trying to do airplane a little bit. They're trying to do horror movie comedies. They're trying to do Mel Brooks. They're trying to. It doesn't work on any fucking level. There is only one scene that actually made me laugh intentionally, and that was a scene that has really nothing else to do with the story. It's the um, it's the board meeting. Right. When the when the, the, town, the, council? the town council has a meeting. Yeah. Half of it feels improvised, but when the three town council people uh, who hate rock and roll yeah. want to ban it, and they start arguing. The bylaws. For some reason, I started. It was like watching Uncle Floyd or well, all of a sudden SCTV. It's, it's, it's got footloose, and it, it's footloose. But it's something about the rhythm of the people getting up to say stuff from Footloose about hard rock. The council throws open the floor for discussion. Uh, Edna. Well, my Reader's Digest says that these songs have hidden messages. Amen. Uh, Blanche. My National Enquirer says that musicians cannot play a single note unless they eat drugs first. Sheriff notified a radio station, no rock and roll. And round up all the records. Hear ye, hear ye. (laughs) And they're insane, you know, anti-communist and the Red Scare shit they were saying. I actually felt like somebody there had some jokes that kind of worked. That was it. These, this band of four hard rock humans. The hardest rocking. Oh, they are the hardest rocking. It's right. amazing. Somebody should put out an album of all the rock and roll horror movie bands oh, material. Right. Yeah, and sure. it's just, is any of it any good? Well, I'm sure the, the Thor stuff is good. Well, yeah, well, that's different. Thor's different. You're right. You're right. But I don't want, I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> but these bands, most of whom are put together and shit, these guys are. Oh, God, they're supposed to be like Kiss at times. Right, they're a little Kiss. They're a little Van Halen. Yeah. They're a little Loudness. They're a little... Yeah, a little Loudness, aren't they? And they're a little lame. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say lame. Uh, They're a little weak. We have a a group who is driving to a town... With their manager, who of course is a nerdy dude, you know. It's always some guy with a button-down shirt uh, who has... Because that's how it goes. Yeah, he's not doing coke or anything. They're going to get a rep from a, a record label to come to this show in the middle of nowhere. In a town that doesn't want them to play. Called Grand Guignol. Uh, People are getting bumped off near this town by right. a, a woman and a man who takes photographs of the murders. And um, It's not as exciting as it sounds. Right. This girl does this hubba hubba act. She gets you to pick up and then she takes you to a lake and drowns you and he takes pictures. It's just a thing. Yeah. It, it that's um, two characters. There's a lot of characters. Yes, there's... Fucking mess. Right. It's like the Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party was a horror movie right. and the, everybody got to do something well, it, in there. It, it, it's it, like, Jesus, the guy in the corner has a line. I mean, yeah. It, I it, like a lot of characters, but this was ridiculous. We find out that the uh, the band... Is, what is it again? They did research or whatever the fuck it is. They're playing a song 
that will bring oh, the shit. dead yeah, they, back they to find life. this out later on yeah they play a song that brings a, a dead spider back to life they talk about it on the van ride in about they, they, the, end, the, they end up in the town the town hate you get the footloose stuff the whole the town is very angry the with first them. thing they do is they come in and make a u68 video that in was this town. that was bad yeah that was good bad that was embarrassing should i play a little of that music now music start It sucks. Yeah, it sucks. So they get to the town of Grand Guignol. Right. Local officer is like, you know, rube, stereotype. You get all that shit. Yes. The, the lead singer-songwriter of the band is this really tall, big guy. Right. He's tall. He's not large, large, but he's... Imposing. He's, he's an a- imposing big guy who ends up getting involved with what looks like a 15-year-old girl. And it, they even sing about how she's under, young. Yeah. They don't talk about her being underage. This part of the movie like, was just like, they acknowledge this and they keep going with it. That this is our romantic couple. Right. Our soulmates. They're soulmates. It's creepy. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of creepy. I, I could not get behind those sequences. Luckily, they don't do anything. They right. dance at one part. Now, we find out that the town is ruled by murderers that are actually... The girl and her husband are part of this larger... Munster's Adams family enclave. I didn't even know that was her husband. I, I I thought it was. Well, who knows? They could be cousins. They had the chemistry. Fr- yeah, yeah. Salt N A C L. Oh, that's right. We f- we left out the uh, the little people. Oh yes, there are some the two uh, little people who assisted in murdering the right. man. One of the actors is actually in American Drive-In. His whole plot is to watch the movie and say, "Look, it's my big scene." Oh. When they show scenes of him murdering people oh, in God. the movie. Oh God. Okay. And the other one, for some reason, is a monster. A small monster child. At first, it looked like he was supposed to be somebody wearing a monster mask, like in a horror movie, right. who's the fake scare. But the, the effect is really bad, and the movie's really stupid. So it, you start to realize after a while he's supposed to be a mutated or deformed or monstrous thing. Right. Who has the best arc in the movie? Shit. I couldn't stand that thing. <laughs> so there's a family of weirdos. Who uh, out- there's, there's a German guy. Who he turned- is definitely the father of the girl. Yes. And this Germanic woman or something. Grandma and, is a werewolf and dad right. is uh, is Hitler. And they have sex while the two little people watch. It's not graphic, right. thank goodness. Right. But what ends up happening is this is, a, this is Hitler. He's been wearing an old man mask for decades. And this group is a Nazi death cult. While watching this, I kept thinking, you know, it really is interesting how we use nazis as a go-to joke all the time mel brooks you know what i mean yeah blues brothers it was hilarious to have some jerk show up as hitler watching him screaming in in german and doing the shtick i wasn't like offended or but i was like you you wouldn't be saying that now you know these were evil people we fucking got yeah this murdered millions of humans there's a weird part where the actor playing hitler does a little scene oh, straight he does some it's creepy actually yeah and it's he starts weird. talking about the jew the jews and and the ovens and and they start talking Very about weird. zyklon b and shit and i'm like okay this you know i get it something's date you know hopefully this won't become uh, law I, I do like the idea that he has to wear a mask around his own family. Not because, of course, it's not like it's a movie right. and people are watching and you're supposed to. So these people end up 
hosting the band. And it's funny because none of it, it's like a monkeys episode. It makes it, you know, hey, why don't you play a song for us? Okay. And it's just, it makes no fucking sense. So the town's still angry. So you get these angry town scenes where they're going to outlaw rock and roll and they have to smash all the records. And there's about like 30 townspeople who end up having speaking roles or agency in this movie because they keep killing off groups of them. So the thing is, it turns out they're not zombies. This is confusing. They're ghouls. The group of killers from the beginning individually kill the band members in the dark so you can't see what the fuck's going on because it's so badly shot. Which is a wonderful series of garbage sequences. Right. It's well, a psycho ripoff. Yeah, and yeah, then... the, the, the best scene in the movie is the lead guy in the band playing the bring me back from dead song and he's killing us you know i love when tarantulas show up in movies in your house yeah if a fucking tarantula showed up here now i'd jump out the goddamn window yeah well he's like he's he's got balls to the wall like udo dirk schneider he's, <laughs> he's... yeah i'm not smashing a but i didn't even first the scene was so badly done i didn't quite yeah. get what was happening that he yeah. killed it and then it came back to life i thought he was just not he didn't do right. it he was petting it now he knows this so he's recording right. it yeah. and somehow he knows to give the cassette to his young girlfriend she gave him a ring right and he gave her a cassette she's to play this right if we die right they die and are buried in the town I think they're buried like right outside the fucking weird house. Under about three inches of dirt. It's not a good burial. It's really sad. I could yeah. dig a better grave and I'm, I'm weak. And then there's I'm, the... I'm upset with those graves. There's not actually enough room for them on the sides. I didn't like that. The good, band members? That's a, good, that's a good point you bring up. I don't, I don't like those graves. <laughs> Our band members wake up and march. Yeah, they all wake up like uh, Michael Myers. They do the, you know, rise up thing. Mm -hmm. And then they march like robots. Which and is some the, march a little differently than others. It's like March of the Wooden Soldiers shit. And they're the zombies. And they kill so the, the movie, bad people in town. And you think the movie's over. Oh, if only. I honestly, that's like at the hour mark and I thought the movie was over. And I'm like, I, I go, holy shit, there's another 40 minutes. Right, because... The evil people that they killed come back to life because they're ghouls or goblins or whatever which, the fuck. Which doesn't make sense, but whatever. How dare you? So they all, yeah, they all come back to life, and the zombies go to play their gig, so right. they can eat up a lot of time, and so they can make jokes about the uh, record industry representative guy alone in this podunk town, calling people on his monstrous <laughs> mobile phone to tell them that they want to sign this band who stink. Meanwhile, the bulk of the movie, I think, at this point, is all those aforementioned townspeople are now your main characters for a while, getting attacked by the ghouls and people they've turned into ghouls. And the girl who's going around killing everybody starts doing all of these Tawny Katane moves all over the place <laughs> in town. The thing is, a lot of the movie at the end are just these little scenes. They're how will yeah. the townspeople yeah. get away from the zombies? And some of them are high comedy. Yeah. And some of them aren't. And it, it's, it actually is structured a lot like the bees. It's just set, it's blackouts practically. Yeah. It's just scene after yeah. scene after scene. I see what and you mean, yeah. After, well, it's almost like the end of Animal House. You know, they're just cutting from, you know what I mean? Yeah. Here's the street and, and just jokes and yeah, the ghouls. But the thing is, the, the ghouls act more like zombies than the zombies do. It confused me quite a bit. It is a movie to see. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an unholy mess of yeah, so many stolen ideas and bits of business. They look like they're having a lot of fun. I, I definitely recommend it for bad movie fans. Is there a good horror parody movie? Because Not wacko, like, not student bodies. Yeah. Not... If there was a good one, this would be the 
cracked or the crazy. This would be crazy <laughs> to their mad. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is one that we can probably go over quickly because it's a pretty well-known film that I just, it slipped through. And uh, this was a infamous, uh, The Prowler, 1981. Come on, kid, don't play hard to get. What about New Year's Eve? Well, that was different. I couldn't help myself. The Prowler. If he wants you, he'll get you. American Slasher. Ugh. I didn't find it to be terrible. It's by the numbers. But I think it's the... For its time especially, there's a real brutality to the murder scenes. They're pretty um, cold-eyed. And uh, there's a... How to put this? There's an odd approach to how the people are stabbed or killed. Yeah. That almost reminds me of the way that Jackie Chan will have his stunt team flying through things, not full-bodied, but crashing halfway or making it look like just their head got hit so that it, there's a real visceral impact when you're watching it, when somebody only falls face first into a table and just their head goes through, not their whole body. Getting stabbed in the chest is so... all You know, you see it all the time, but... It's like scenes where people get stabbed in like the top of the head. Savini goes uh, to town on that one. And it's a creepy outfit the guy's wearing. It's not a great move. The reason I have such bad memories of this movie is I try to watch it like a half dozen times. Mm. I think the beginning that takes place in oldie times yeah. in like the 30s or yeah. 20s or something or 40s, I found so... It's a little... It's, cl it's terrible It's looking. clunky and it's actually confusing. It's very hard. To, I had to watch it over at one point because I couldn't tell which guy character yeah. was in a scene at a certain point because they hadn't established anything and they kept cutting away from these groups they introduced like six characters most of whom weren't important to the plot and they're all in this fake 40s outfits so you're really thrown off it's clunky but it gets better once you're past it gets that. better and there's there's some interesting sequences in it and there's a lot of problems with it you know what I mean the logic of it isn't very good no but it's kind of like it's just generic slasher. It's like, you know, here's the outfit. Here's what he does. It was pretty obvious what was going on all the time. But it had some atmosphere. And, you know, I can't say, oh, you got to run out and see this. But it's included in the, you, you know, when you're watching slashers, you yeah, got to watch you this. Could, yeah, I would say you have to see it. And uh, you could do worse. Um, it wasn't as bad or as as brutal as everybody made it out in the magazines when I was a kid. But, you know, that's also, I've seen worse since. So I was engaged with it. I kind of, I wished it was better. There's there's some visuals that make it very distinct yeah. from any right. other movie. Right, but it, but a lot of going from this house back to that house, back to this house, back to that house. And the police guy character grabbing his girlfriend and going here and there. And But, I mean, I think like, that's the least you want out of a movie. Right. That's like the that's maybe the baseline for a slasher that I'm okay with. I saw a terrible movie. Dr. Jekyll? Yes! I am Dr. Jekyll! It's Jekyll and Hyde together again. Jekyll and Hyde together again from 19... Uh, Is that Mark Blank, Blankfeld? Blankfield? I'm going to say yes because I, I... The guy from Fridays? Yeah, it's the guy from Fridays. I hated Fridays. Yeah, Fridays, yes. Yeah. Come for the music, leave for the comet. Yeah, don't see this movie, it stinks. Here's one that I caught up with uh, that is, seems to be, you know, if you're writing a book about slashers, it's going to be in Ooh. there. And it has a good reputation. Ooh. It's called Madman. The bodies of his wife and children have never been found. And if he hears you call his name, he'll come for you. 
Come and get us, madman! Oh God! <laughs> uh, it stinks. It's just—it's just stinks. It's a movie. It's one of those quintessential slashers in that it's got the basic. We're at a camp for apparently troubled kids. They never make clear what's going on. It's been they, a while. So. But they only have like six kids at this camp. And they're not rich. So I don't understand this camp. There's more counselors than there are uh, kids. And it starts right off kind of like The Fog and a lot of those movies, which I kind of like. They're just telling ghost stories. And one of them talks about this guy, Madman Mars. Everything <laughs> fails right off the beginning because they tell the story. If you call his name out, he'll, he killed his family. They've never found the bodies. They never found the body. That's terrifying, right? I don't know. Was he killed? I can't even be bothered to remember. He was either executed or he disappeared also. Oh, but there's his house. Um, you see it in the distance? Did they search it? I guess not, because that's where the fucking bodies and the guy is the entire fucking movie. And he's a Yeti. He turned into a Yeti. So if you call his name out, Madman Mars, who has turned into a Yeti for some reason, he grunts, he's got claws, he comes to you and, he, and he'll chop you with an axe so this one asshole yells out hey madman mars then proceeds to stand up get lost for the rest of the movie <laughs> while everyone else gets killed yep spoilers fuck you this movie stinks they find the bodies in the house which is brilliant i had no idea we should look in the house for madman mars's family my theory is that madman is one of those films that was discovered after yeah. the heyday that once you had seen all your t- slashers, well, people seem to people go. Oh, it became a, it became one of those films that yeah, you that that was like legendary. Be- you know, what before I mean? dawn, right? Sure, sure. You got to see before dawn. Yeah, and before dawn's like, eh. but it's the only thing that it's the thing that your friends haven't seen, so you can go. You got to exactly, see this. exactly, exactly. You know, uh, you know, exactly. Um, but have you seen this? Then you don't know. You know, yeah, you've seen Squirm. Oh, everybody's seen Squirm. My grandmother saw Squirm. <laughs> but have you seen Slugs? But have you twice? Because I didn't realize I watched it once already. What a jerk! I read the book. But Madman was, uh, and the thing is, it's just bad. It's bad all the way through. I did not even real. I did not realize that the female lead was from Dawn of the Dead. And I don't think she did much else. She's a lot better in Dawn of the Dead than in this. It's just awful. Her, that's the thing. There's a scene with her in, in like in, a the, wor- in the whirlpool. It's ridiculous. Yeah, not since the mutilator will you hate a scene <laughs> of a couple in water. Uh, it, it's it sucks. I don't understand. I mean, I don't need originality as far as the springboard being. There's a legend, and if you do this. You know, if you say Candyman this many times, or if you turn backwards, or if, you know, and I'm fine with, I love that crap, that urban legend crap and that occult crap, but you got to do something with it. And this is just terrible. Yeah, it's... This is just a, a guy grunting going through the woods after a bunch of morons. And there's a couple of kids in there and nobody can hear anything that's happening 10 feet away and everything stinks. And somebody hides in a refrigerator, like, come on. Uh, like pr- around the corner, they think they're going to hide from somebody in a refrigerator. It's just the whole movie's stupid. It's uninteresting. It's not exciting. The kills are boring. I mean, I don't know why yeah. anybody has a good time with this. But hey, you know what I mean? Hey, they good, can, for them. good for them. I don't have to see it again. So I put these two together because they have music, horror, and in- incompetence. Slaughterhouse Rock from 1988. Gardner doesn't know it. But he's about to be haunted by four dead rockers captive on Alcatraz. Now, 
with Alex's help, they've got a captive audience about to get a show that'll rock them dead. I just love a party. Music by Devo in Slaughterhouse Rock. Oh, Slaughterhouse Rock. Slaughterhouse Rock, I love you. Wonder Woman, I love you. Um, this is an entertaining piece of garbage. This is... Yeah. This is all the worst shit of the 80s, low-budget filmmaking. By low-budget, I mean they actually had some lights, they had some cameras, they had some... They paid some money. Not, you know, backwoods, dark, you know, we didn't process the film right. It, I mean, there was people involved who knew their craft to some degree. Kind of like uh, Appointment with Danger, with, with uh, Appointment with Terror. Fear? I've already, I forgot my appointment. But it's a movie where some professionalism is in there, and it is every bad cliche of the 80s crushed, and the incoming 90s crushed into one movie. It's an unreal experience. It's so bad, and yeah. it's so funny, because it's incompetent, and it's full of itself. Well, I wanted to see it, because I, I watched the trailer, and it's like, music by Devo. I'll check. Yeah, Tony Basil is in it. Okay, there's some sort of hipster cachet. Oh, what the hell's so going what is, on? Yeah, what is? I mean, is it's got to be better than Rockula? Which I was gonna say. Yeah, is it? Yeah, it's not better than Rockula. It's more fun than Rockula, maybe because. But Rockula, at least you know, hey, it's Thomas Dolby, and hey, yeah. isn't Dean Cameron in that? I believe so. Okay, yeah. so it's already better than this, but still, this movie has. Uh, I don't recognize any of the people in it. I think they may have had careers after, but it's a bunch of thirty-something uh, kids. In college, I think? Yeah, I believe so. And I guess the only non-cliche in that one is they don't really seem to argue that much uh, at the beginning. They like each other. But they're all, you know, they're all jerks with really weak quirks. They're just cardboard characters. And they're what this one guy starts getting, like, possessed and flames appear around yeah, him. Yeah, he seems... He's dreaming. He's, having, he's dreaming of corridor and, and, and prison. mucky shit. Yeah. Hands coming out of him. And he complains to his brother... They all live in this apartment. They all live in the apartment, and then there's guys who don't live in the apartment, but I think keep coming over to be in the movie. Yeah. And one of them is obviously, like, amateur comedian, comedian in real life, because they just seem to let him go. Excuse me, lady, but it's always been my experiences that dreams don't involve so much audience participation. Right. It looks to me like Alex isn't just dreaming. He's haunted. No shit. Should we call a priest or what? Let me tell you guys something right now. His head starts spinning around. I'm out of here. Tells you. Power of Christ compels you. Power of Christ compels you. And it's amazing how many movies do that. Who's the funny one here? Can you do some material right here? It's horrible. He's having these horrible dreams, and then he says something in his classroom. I mean, they, it's also one of those movies where everybody doubts him, even though they've seen him hovering in the air and burning. So that's great. And then there's a scene where he, he picks up this girl who they're trying to fix him up with, and there's an amazing scene in a restaurant where you learn that he overhears people's thoughts. Which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but it's a beautiful setup because somebody there was like studying film or some shit. It's like, you know, oh yeah, Eisenstein. Yeah, whole shit, you know. And they do a tracking shot with this camera for what seems like an hour. <laughs> through a restaurant, they, you start on an object. It's like, it's just film school one one So you start on the plate of fries and a hamburger. You follow that. You go around and you start hearing, seeing all the conversations. You finally, after an hour and a half, get to his table in this obvious set with the cardboard behind him <laughs> that looks like it's going to collapse. And on paper, it makes sense, but it's completely terribly done. And it's just, la I'm laughing at a, a tracking shot, which 
So you know you're going to have a good time. Oh, and hands come out of the back. That's right. It was rubber because they ripped off Elm Street. And he needs to freak out so everybody else can go, can, what's can, wrong? And our, our main character is terrible. I remember he's, we talked about it. He's kind of a dud. He's a dick. He says the kind of things where you just basically go, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and you don't want that in your lead. You, you know, you want your lead to be somebody that, you know, you want your Dean Cameron. Your... Francis Grimm. Oh, don't recall me that. The name is Chainsaw. As in Black and Decker? As in Texas Massacre. Oh, yeah, that's in here. You know, you want somebody uh, who, you, you know, even if they're being a bit of a jerk, Kevin Dillon in The Blob is a bit of a difficult lead, but you're with him. That's how you write a difficult guy. This guy's just spitting venom at everybody and literally going, you're trying to help me. Fuck you. You messed up my, my shirt. And it's like, please kill him. Yeah. Unfortunately, you have to spend the movie with this guy and, and his and, dumb friends. Right. A movie that unfolds with a... Well, his teacher? his teacher, all of a sudden this like, you know, second rate Rachel Ward shows up. She just shows up at the house, you know, um, as the adult. She just comes with an exposition. She's yeah. like, look, I, I brought this exposition. Yeah, that's all she's there for. He goes to her office and they have exposition. Then he becomes a dick and he leaves so that they can have her come to the house and have exposition. And they all make the decision to go find the evil whatever the fuck at... Um, Alcatraz. Alcatraz, which is your which is your slaughter rock. What? I thought it was a rock and roll movie. Well, Turns it out it is. It is. Because Turns out it is because backstory. We meet you don't... Tony Basil. Turns out that she was in a band. They went to Alcatraz. Because she was a skeptic. Of the occult. But investigated the occult. Anyway. And found a guy who was in a, pottery. A jar. Yeah, and, a spirit that was in a jar who killed her. And then she killed all her bandmates, and who all wore their band outfits to go to Alcatraz, so they could be recognized. Yeah, and they could look cool, and have absolutely no nothing to really do with the rest of the movie except bitch. So yeah, that and that stuff all takes place. You, they talk about it briefly. I had forgotten completely about all that. So they get to Alcatraz, and then there's more exposition, and then Tony Basil. Does a dance and singing number. Right. Because he gets killed. No, he's not killed yet. Who he's got killed? Somebody gets killed. The brother gets killed. The brother gets killed. Oh, gee, fuck this. The brother I don't think it. we're doing a very good job of uh, telling the story of the. I think we have to stop with the plot because this is just <laughs> ridiculous. I'm fucking messed up here. They go on a rowboat in the middle of the night to a place where supposedly a dead guy is. Right. Who, without, they, don't take, they don't take a gun, knife, camera. Key ring, lucky foot. Right, and they don't do the, anything, any but, preparation. But here's the thing: they take a book. I think do they have not, a book. They're not humor. They're not humoring their friend who who seems to be going nuts yeah. and saying, "Oh, we'll go with you." They went into his bedroom and he was floating above yeah. the yeah. bed with a lit column underneath him. Yeah, there was obviously they know that something. They, they know the occult on. is real. They've accepted that, and they all go off like the Hardy Boys. Right, armed about as well as the Hardy Boys were. To Alcatraz, it's fucking re to Alcatraz, which yeah. is just something you do. A lot of shots of the sky in this movie. I just remembered. They love showing the sky when they don't know yeah. what to do. They cut to the sky and then cut back, and they go, "This is really Alcatraz." And they go back to Alcatraz, which seems to be about two, two, two hundred and fifty feet long. It's not very big. It's not a lot of Alcatraz. It's more like just Traz. And then things happen that make no. And they keep running sense. around the same. And then yeah, then it just becomes a clusterfuck of. Whatever they can come yeah, up with next, every you know, it's, it's demons, 
It's Nightmare on Elm Street. It's zombies. It's well, you get you got to have a rape, an attempted rape in that one. You've got every movie from the '80s that you can think of practically is shoved into this mess, and uh, it's almost got an Italian incoherence to it. But it's not. It's got no style. It's got a lot of Miami Vice blue lights, a lot of white lights, right. a lot of fog to cover up. If it wasn't so stupid and hilarious as a like a cultural artifact, it would be really dreary because these characters are terrible, the story is terrible, the effects are terrible. The end is the shack that they yeah there's a there's they've a, got a Flintstone shack because there's a shack that's about the size of a bathroom and when you they blow it up but when they're inside it it's yeah it's like a VA hall yeah the, the, that they have some of the worst fighting I, the teacher the teacher deserves to die because she couldn't even fake hitting somebody with a, a, a stick. I'm watching it with Stevie. Yeah. And there's a scene where Tony Basil is dancing. Right. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, our, our main character's brother gets killed and then comes back and he turns into a demon that's killing them. But right. then he gets a chance to talk to him. But then he becomes, what's his name, from Phantasm, the brother from Phantasm. Yeah. He comes and hangs out and says, we got to do out. it. Yeah, we got to do it. By the way, I'm going to go. I got to go because I got to kill everybody. And uh, also, I don't, uh, he's like a, he's like a, a, a dead thing. But he sees ghosts and he jumps at them like a dog and goes through them and hits walls. I mean, it's just like, I didn't understand the, it's, it's I didn't of, understand the world that they were building here. And, and everybody starts getting turned into zombies, I think, or killed. What's weird is with Tony Basil, it looks at first that she's not with the rest of the cast. Yeah. They found stuff that yeah. looks like, Stevie and I are watching this, we're like, oh, she just came in for an afternoon. It looked like she was the top name here and she's going to be behind a, you know, she's behind yeah. a desk. She's right. Robert, she's, Robbie Benson's yeah, behind she, a desk. Yeah, she's Cameron Mitchell in it. Cameron, oh God. And, um, but she is there. But she is enough. there and then she's interacting and at, then she changes the, her clothes. She has it's, ridiculous 80s music video costumes. Yeah, she doesn't look like she's in that band, does she? No. But, uh, and she gets to do a number to base, she gets to do a really em- kind of embarrassing uh, MTV um, interpretive dance. I mean, she's really great. Oh, yeah, but she's this, terrible. She's terrible in this, and oh, yeah. what they have her do is terrible. They also make her such an exposition machine that she is almost out of breath. She <laughs> talks like I do. And she is getting out so much exposition that I don't know how anybody could follow it. I mean, paragraphs and paragraphs of script. It's just amazing. But I guess she basically tells our hero what he has to do and how he has to do it. Which he, he really doesn't, doesn't do. He doesn't really do it and he doesn't believe her. And everybody has to fucking get our, their asses kicked so he can open a door, which is really exciting yeah. television. You know, you go down this hall and open a door. So he goes back to the scene of his dream. I mean, there's not an original line of dialogue, but it, it does feel like they took about 40 scripts too many from Empire Pictures and threw them into a blender and said, make this. It's really bad. Right. But and it looks, it, I mean, the film quality is crisp and everything. That was really surprising. The sound is good. It's not like a film where you go, I can't see what's happening. Or, right. Not like uh, Hard Rock Zombies. You know what's going on. Yeah. And you don't, you, you know what, you can see what's happening. You don't know what's going on. It's an it's, enjoyable mess. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, yeah, again, this is, this lots is. Lots of fun. Um, I would watch that on a big screen with people. I, I would like, I would watch that in a, oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's not a good movie. Not a good movie. You can now support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash tearthemapartpodcast. And again, we'd like to thank Eric Webb, our first Patreon supporter. Find the podcast online at tearthemapartpodcast.home.blog. 
Listen on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Music. Follow on Twitter at Tear Them Podcast. Dr. Robert Fisher.